it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. We've got Jacob and, uh, and Tom who are producing the show back in the studio. We've got a great show lined up for you. Andre Snellings from ESPN is going to join us in about 30 minutes. A lot going on this weekend, especially Wimbledon. We've got the Women's and the Men's Championship, and um, which should be fun. Andre is going to break it down for us. And not just who he expects to win, but how to gamble on each match. Uh, which is always fun. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I am a a tennis analyst or a handicapper. That's why I wanted to book Andre for the show, and so he's going to join us to break it down for us. Guys, do you do you watch? Just out of curiosity, first things first. Do you guys watch tennis? Like, have you been watching Wimbledon uh, the last two weeks on ESPN? By the way, I will say my mom has, but I haven't watched <laughs> tennis. Like, I haven't sat down and watched it in probably, like, mm-hmm. 10 years at this rate. But your mom has. My mom does watch it. She she likes watching yeah. the uh, major events happen in tennis. Right, right. I, I will. And, and Jacob, what about you? I'm assuming it's a big, fat no, right? Oh, oh the biggest fat no. <laughs> Here, Here's the thing. And, and again, you know, I, I am a little older than you two gentlemen. <clears throat> and, um, and that was, you know, there was a time where tennis was really fun to watch. Like Andre Agassi, um, Steffi Graf, uh, Pete Sampras, Borg. I mean, it was, there was a time when, um, when, when tennis was, was like, you know, you, you watched and you watched on the weekend with your parents, Tom, um, you, uh, you, you know, there was a time where tennis was, was hot and, and, and a big reason why is, and I mentioned Andre Agassi and I, I meet you, I, I mentioned Pete Sampras, you know, outside of Venus and Serena, and, and we don't really see Venus play as much as Serena does. And, you know, of course she tried to win, you know, she participated. I know she's been dealing with a number of health issues, but she tried to compete in this year's Wimbledon. She's looking for that. Oh, so uh, next major, especially at Wimbledon, to you know just solidify her legacy. Which, let's be honest, she doesn't have to at this point, but she wants to, and I totally understand all the reasons why. But um, you know, outside of those two women, that's really it. I, I mean, you know, there's there's Coco Golf who's coming up the ranks, and hopefully, eventually, you know, she'll be fantastic. Will she be as good as Venus and Serena? Uh, you know, who knows? I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, but, but we as a country, as a nation, uh, we haven't really gotten behind Coco Goff. I mean, it's a, she's, you know, she's, she's adorable. She's a really great tennis player. She's got a really cool name, but you know, is it appointment television at this point? Absolutely not. But I mean, there was a point when I was growing up where tennis was appointment television and a big reason I hate, you know, I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it was because we had a lot of phenomenal American men players, even Joe Andre Agassi is Persian. 
you know, he still represented the United States. He, you know, he was, he was, he was, the, he was America. You know what I mean? And he was so fun to watch. And he was this like really um, snazzy, fun, bad boy that, um, you know, images everything. If you remember those commercials. And so, you know, it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad that tennis isn't there anymore. And again, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how old you guys were when Andre Agassi was the best men's tennis player on, on tour, but that was a really, really, really fun time. Um, and then, you know, and, and I'll compare it the same to, to boxing, right? Like there was a time when, you know, heavy, like, like, you know, the heavyweight title fights were everything, now does anybody really, you know, like, you know, does the world come to a screeching halt? There's no more, you know, Mike Tyson's. There's no more Lennox Lewis's. There's no more, like, you know, the heavyweight division is no more, you know? So, I mean, that that was a time as well. Like, how old were you guys when Tyson was, you know, knocking people out in the first five seconds of about? Uh, zero. Uh. Exactly. Well, I was exactly. Born, I was born in '92, so somewhere between six no. years. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like you know, guys, uh, th- it was it that was amazing, you know. And and I'll compare the and I will I'll compare the two. You know, it's just it's it's. I think tennis is in a sta- sad state of affairs, and especially here in the states. And I think a big reason why is you know we just don't have that you know that stud American male player who's just dominate dominates the tour and is fun is sexy is you know flamboyant and you just is so cool you can't get enough of them and that was Andre Agassi for quite a while so and then him and Pete Sampras had a really really good um you know battle going on you know they didn't really like each other and so there was that drama there it was just anyway I I just share that just to take a walk down memory lane just to say like you know, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't watch Wimbledon. I don't watch tennis anymore. And it's sad because when I was younger, I used to watch it with my family. I used to watch it with my parents. Uh, and it was, and, and it was, it was appointment television and it's just not anymore. But here's the good thing. You can gamble on it. And so whenever you're going to gamble on it, whenever you're going to put money on it, you know what? It's, it's going to, it's going to make you watch, right? Because uh, it, it, it adds, and I always say this, Right. You, first of all, a few things. And we always say this, whether it's we're talking about BetMGM or any other gambling site, like gamble responsibly. And if you do have a gambling problem, then obviously, yes, get help. What does it mean to gamble responsibly? It means, you know what? Afford what you can to lose, because more times than not, you're going to lose. So what do you, why, why are you gambling on a sport? Why are you gambling on a game? You're gambling on a game to give you added entertainment value. Why? Because you have money on the game, whether it's a dollar, whether it's 50 cents, it doesn't matter. If you have money on a game, the entertainment value of that matchup and of that game is going to be exponentially a hundred times better. And it doesn't matter. Again, it could be a dollar. It could be 50 cents. It doesn't matter. If you've got money on a certain game, you've got money on a certain player, you're more invested. Okay. And that's your price of the entertainment value you're, 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 you are consuming, but understand that more times than not, you are going to lose. 
So I always tell people, gamble what you can afford to lose. Because more times than not, you are going to. Okay? Um, so <laughs> um, uh, with that being said, um, we've got the next two hours are all going to be about stuff you can gamble on. Um, so, so definitely stay tuned. Andre Snellings is going to join us again. You can see him all over ESPN. He's going to break down Wimbledon unlike any other. Uh, and, and what's really cool is he's going to be joining us from Las Vegas. Of course, the NBA summer league is there. Uh, you know, the, uh, the rookies and, and one and two year players are balling out, which is great. We're also going to break down some Major League Baseball futures as we get closer to uh, the the midway break. Of course, the all-star break. We like to call that midway of the season. Uh, you know, we pretty much have a picture here, right, of how this, this league is, is turning out this season. And so, um, you know, there's, there's some futures bets that folks can, can jump on and I think feel really, really good about. Also, we'll dive into some NFL prop bets that, that Andre likes. So excited to get him on the show. He's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. As always, David Behrman from ESPN. I like to call him our gatekeeper of everything gambling uh, on our ESPN.com site is going to join us. We've got the Scottish Open that's taking place across the pond right now. And um, you have some of the best players that are there teeing it up. And this is, this is that, uh, that warm-up tournament. Uh, getting a lot of these guys ready for the Open. And, of course, we used to call it the British Open. It is the Open. That's what they like for it to be called. Um, and it is the 150th at St. Andrews. And really the big storyline here coming up this week is going to be the fact that Tiger Woods is expected to play. And what does that mean? This is Tiger Woods' favorite course in the world. Right, and it's the 150th. This is a very special, special place. It's a special track. Um, it's a special tournament for Tiger Woods, and so it's been unbelievable in the previous two majors that we've seen him play this season that he's made the cut, but we've seen him falter on Saturday and Sunday. Why? The courses that he's had to walk have been pretty grueling. Here's the positive at St Andrews: not not very hilly, not a lot of. Um, uh, I mean, listen, you know, for somebody who's been in, in, in the horrific car accident and the compound fractures that he's, that he's faced, I mean, obviously four days of, of walking to golf course is going to be pretty grueling, but not as grueling as the previous two for him. This is pretty much a flat, a, the, the most flat track uh, that he that that he's, he has played this season. So I think that's going to bode well for him. Am I going to play Tiger Woods to win? No, I am not. I think that would be somewhat foolish. But am I going to put money down on Tiger Woods to finish in the top 40, top 20, top 10, maybe the top five? I absolutely am, and I'm going to root for him. So uh, we'll talk to David Behrman. What can we realistically expect from Tiger Woods uh, heading into the Open and a lot more? And then also Nathan Zagura, who is part of the Cleveland Browns broadcast team, is going to join us on the show as well in the second hour. Uh, we'll do a deep dive into the trade that took place just a few days ago. Of course, we're talking about Baker Mayfield going to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a conditional fourth or fifth round pick going back to the Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns really sitting there uh, waiting anxiously to see what type of resolution is going to be delivered 
from Sue Robinson and the disciplinary hearing, the disciplinary hearing uh, that took place. Um, are they going to roll with Deshaun Watson all season? There's t- some talk and some speculation out there that he's not going to get one, not one suspension, not one. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, there's others out there that feel that he might get nine, maybe six games. Who knows? Maybe he appeals and gets four. And if that's the case, then they're going to move forward with Jacoby Brissett. What does that mean for them? So um, so there's that. So those are the guests that are going to be on the show tonight. I'm excited to have them on. Also, uh, you've got two late games uh, that uh, are about to start here in Major League Baseball. The first is the Dodgers. And they're hosting the Cubs. They're favored by one and a half. That's the run line. The over-under is eight and a half. I like the Dodgers tonight. Also, Tyler Anderson, their ace is on the bump. Um, keep in mind the Dodgers, uh, they won game one, five to three. I think they keep rolling uh, in, in that aspect. They've got Mookie Betts, who's back. He had two home runs last night. So how am I playing this? Again, I'm playing the Dodgers on the run line. I'm also going to play Tyler Anderson over five and a half strikeouts. And you could get that at plus money at plus 110. I'm also going to play Bellinger to get a hit at minus 130. He has had success um, against Keegan Thompson, who's going to be pitching for the Cubs. And, uh, and so that's how I'm playing the, the, the Dodgers game. And then, of course, you've got the Toronto Blue Jays going up against Seattle. I'm going to play the under here. Why I like both these starting pitchers. George Kirby, good last start. He only gave up one run and three hits. He doesn't walk many guys as well. And, uh, and also Seattle, arguably one of the best bullpens in Major League Baseball in the month of June. As for the Toronto Blue Jays, um, Stripling is, uh, is pitching for them tonight. Didn't have a great outing his last uh, start against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, but nonetheless, pretty much solid this season. Nothing outstanding, but solid. So I'm going to go over eight total runs. Uh, I'm sorry, under. Under eight total runs for Seattle in the Blue Jays tonight. I'm also going to play George Springer hitting a home run at plus 320. Um, I just have a, 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 a suspicion, a sneaky suspicion that George Springer is going to hit a home run tonight, and you can get that at plus 320. So that's how I'm playing those two games. Hopefully you will join me. I will keep you posted on all those bets in the next two hours as well. Um, As I said, Andre Snellings is going to join us. Uh, He's a part of ESPN, um, and and he works with us on the Daily Wager show. Hopefully you've you've tuned in. It airs every night, Monday through Friday, on ESPN2 from 6 to 7 p.m., uh, talking all things wagering, and Andre does a phenomenal job. He also contributes to uh, to a lot of our columns, which is great, uh, with, with a variety of sports. And, um, and so he's going to break down Wimbledon for us, um, also some NFL and some Major League Baseball. So stay tuned. Quick break. We come back. Andre will join us. Uh, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get his insight and, of course, his plays heading into – Uh, This weekend, Saturday, you've got the ladies final. Sunday, you've got the men's final. And some NFL and Major League Baseball futures bets coming your way next. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Joining us, Andre Snellings. You see him all over ESPN. And he covers a variety of things. And we've got a lot going on uh, this weekend. So a big reason why I wanted Andre to join us on the show. This is his debut on Weekend Wager, which is fantastic. Andre, good evening. How you doing? 
I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Thank you. So really quick, before we dive into um, all your plays, uh, not just, of course, uh, happening this weekend, but we got some future bets that we're going to talk about as well. Um, you are, uh, you're, you're taking a little NBA action, right? Are you, oh, yeah. you're, you're in the summer, you're at the summer games right now. You're taking a break from watching some NBA action to join us tonight. Yes, I am. You know, I'm, I'm in the parking lot of the uh, NBA summer league in Las Vegas. Um, you know, they, they got two games going Thomas and Max center and uh, Cox pavilion. And so, um, I'm, I'm taking in as much basketball as I can take. Um, is Chet Holmgren as, uh, the, the wow factor as much as what's being reported? I am looking forward to finding out. So I'm at the Summer League in Vegas. Uh, he's been in Utah the last couple of days. And so um, he, he'll, he should be here this weekend. So uh, I, am, I am eagerly awaiting to see uh, what he looks like on the court. Yeah, you and me both, buddy. You and me both. All right, let's dive into it. We got Wimbledon this weekend. We got the ladies' championship on Saturday, the men's championship on Sunday. Let's start with Saturday, 9 a.m. Get your strawberries and your cream ready uh, because the ladies are going at it. Break down that match for us, and who do you have winning, Andre? Yeah, um, I'm, so before the tournament even started, um, in, in the futures, I picked Owens Jabour to – to win for the women, and she's made it to the final. So I'm, I'm going to stick with her uh, against uh, Ribakina. Ribakina is a big hitter. You know, she's got a huge serve and, and, like, really hard ground strokes. And so on the grass at Wimbledon, that gives her the shot to, to you know, basically hit her opponent off the, the court, which is what she did to Halep in the semifinals. But uh, Jabor is a great returner. And she's got a, a sneaky serve of her own. Her serve stats are actually a little bit better than Ribikina's. And um, they've played twice in the last year. Jabour won both of them, the first in three sets. The second, she was up in a tight match in the second set when uh, Ribikina had to retire. So I'm expecting Jabour to win. Um, I have her. Um, she's, she's at minus 150, um, so she's a slight favorite. If you want a little more juice, I also have her at minus two and a half games. And, um, you know, uh, another thing to look at is total games altogether. The line is set at 21 and a half. I've got over because Jabour has been playing three set matches. And also, like I said, um, most of her matches with Rubikina have gone three sets. All right. So that's how you're playing the women's on Saturday. And then, of course, the men's final is on Sunday as well at 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. You can tune in. And the Joker is back at it, right? This is his 32nd major and uh, he's looking for his fourth straight Wimbledon title, his 21st major to win, um, you know, and, and, and obviously a huge favorite, no less. Uh, some, some of the places I'm looking are minus 425. So, uh, so, so break down this matchup on Sunday morning. This one is very intriguing because the guy he's playing, Nick Kyrgios, was unseated for the tournament. But everyone knows that if Kyrgios is focused and on his game, he's got as much talent as anybody on the tour. And so this is the first time in his career he's made a final in a major because he's never been able to focus this long. But uh, he did win a doubles major at the Australian Open uh, earlier this year. And so that was like the first sign that he was really starting to lock in. He's been almost unbeatable on grass thus far. So he's a worthy opponent for Djokovic. All of that said, is the joker on grass he's won mm -hmm. like almost 40 matches in a row um at wimbledon so obviously i expect him to win but again there's not much juice at minus 400 minus 425 
So I'm looking at the the, the handicap betting. Um, you could get Joker minus four and a half games at uh, minus one thirty. I think that's a solid bet because, you know, as we've seen, even when he's gone five sets in this tournament, he eventually figures out his opponent, and once he does, he starts throwing in six two, six one, six three games. So I'm expecting him to win by at least four and a half games. So I, I think that's another one that that um that's a way to get a little bit more juice and still uh, go with the Joker. You know, if you parlay both, um, you know, uh, Jabor as well as the Joker, it's it's somewhere around minus. It's it's like almost at even money, minus one hundred two, minus one hundred five. Um, you yeah. know, is, is is that is that a play that you would welcome? That's a play that I would welcome um, in general. Now, personally, I parlayed those two before the tournament began. So um, I, I got that parlay when Jabor was still 10 to 1 and Djokovic was like minus 140. So, but, um, you know, if, if you're coming into it now, I think that's a, a good play because Joker is such a heavy favorite. And even though Rubikina has a shot, I, I think Jabor has a good chance to win. So you put the two together and you can get even money. That, that sounds like a, a winning proposition to me. Andre Snelling's joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's turn our attention to Major League Baseball and more more big picture in regard to futures bets that are out there. And let's let's focus in on these two New York teams, right? You've got the Yankees uh, that have just been outstanding. Uh, really interested to see what Cashman's going to do as we get co- closer to the trade deadline and and, and what you know what what are they going to uh, you know um, are, are they are they going to deliver? and play as well as they did in the first half of the season, which has really been tremendous. I mean, they're, if, if they continue this pace, they're going to be breaking a multitude of Major League Baseball records. And then, of course, you've got the Mets, who have been solid. I mean, granted, second-best uh, second record in, in the National League, but without both of their aces. Uh, as I like to call it, active and attractive, Andre. One, DeGrom, as we know he hasn't played all year. <laughs> And um, and Max Scherzer, who's been on the shelf for seven weeks. Of course, we saw his last outing, 11 strikeouts. He was magnificent. He's got two more outings expected before the All-Star break. But with that being said, some future bets. Uh, let's let's start with the Yankees. Um, anything out there pertaining to the Yankees that catches your eye? So it's interesting. You know, you started with the Yankees um, after you described um, the Mets situation. And so I was torn. You know, I was looking... If, uh, you know, in the, essentially the instance of which New York team do I think has a better chance of, of you know, fulfilling their promise and going all the way. And as you pointed out, the Yankees have been the best team in the majors, bar none, all season. Um, but they do have to contend with, with teams like the Astros, who've been coming on strong, uh, if, if they want to get back to the, the champions of the World Series where they want to be. And the same with the Mets, you know, they are a little bit behind the Dodgers in the National League. But as you pointed out, they've been without two dominant Cy Young type pitchers. I mean, not just I won a Cy Young once, you know, because I had a good year. I mean, two guys that could be best in the majors type pitchers, um, they're expected to get back for the second half of the season. So I really felt like both New York teams were in a really good uh, uh, position to make a run this season. So I hedged. I, I, I went with both. When I look at the Major League landscape, I really feel like there are only four, maybe five teams that I think have a really good chance to win the championship. And I think both New York teams are, have a better than, than, than most uh, shot to get there. So if you're telling me I can go either or to win and, and get you know plus 240 odds, 
uh, that actually sounds pretty decent to me. So, so I'm, 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 I'm rolling with New York, you know, cue up uh, Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So New York State winning. I, I, I really do like this bet a lot. New York State winning the World Series. So either it's the Mets or the Yankees winning the World Series. Obviously, the Mets have to contend with the Dodgers. Obviously, and we're anticipating, right? The Yankees, they're going to have to get through Houston, the Astros. But a New York State team winning um, the uh, the World Series anywhere between plus 225 in some places, plus 240 in others. I do like that, Andre. I'm actually... I'm going to bet that right now, even before we get to break. Last but not least, let's talk about some NFL futures bets, right? Like uh, training camps are going to be opening up before we know it. We know rookies arrive first. Veterans then do follow. Um, August is going to be insane. And, of course, before we know it, September is is going to be here and we're going to have our first regular season game. But with that being said, uh, there are some teams out there that you are betting to win the division. And let's start with the with, yeah. with the division that's very near and dear to a lot of people here, and that is the NFC East. Um, who oh, yeah. do you see? Who do you see winning the NFC East this year, and why? I like the Eagles uh, to win. The Cowboys are favored in the division. You know, they won last season. But that's like the kiss of death in the NFC East, right? Like no team has won back to back in like a hundred years or something crazy. So um, my expectation as I look at, at, at that division is that the Eagles seem poised. They had, it felt like they had a really good squad around, um, you know, their, their young quarterback last year, but then they just tripled down. They had all of those draft picks and they've, they've had an excellent free agency period. And this is just a proving year for the quarterback. It feels like the Eagles are just set to take flight. And I, 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 the Cowboys, I think took a step back. They lost some players, you know, um, you know, Amari Cooper is gone. They, they lost uh, some of their linemen. You know, Lyle Collins uh, left and went to the Bengals, and I think that was a, a underrated uh, a departure. So I like the Eagles, you know, uh, to, to, to take the division, and I like the fact that because they're not the favorite, you know, I can get a little bit more juice with them. Yeah, I, I love the Eagles this season. I've already put money down that they're going to win uh, the, the Super Bowl, to be quite frank, um, just because I, I, I love their odds right now, and I think that – you know, considering that the NFC East has one of the uh, just combined the Giants, the Eagles, the Cowboys, um, you know, the, the Washington, I call I still call them the Washington football team, uh, the commanders. Uh, they have the <laughs> easiest schedule per division. Um, I, I think the Eagles are going to start strong um, and, and I think they're going to do well. And, and I don't think that you're going to get these type of odds again once the season starts. So I, I'm all over the Eagles. I love what they've done. Um, what about the AFC North? This is going to be, I think, one of the most competitive divisions uh, in the NFL. And I think a lot of people are underestimating the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, do, I do believe that Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, and, and I think he's going to really impress some folks. But who do you like? And, and, and by the way, I've got the Ravens coming out of the AFC North and winning the AFC North. I, I do. I'm going to put some money on the Steelers to make it into the postseason as a wild card. But who do you have winning the AFC North? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I respect both of those picks, the Steelers and the Ravens. And, you know, just as a, a quick background, I tend to um, like to do parlays when it comes to these division winners. And so because I'm doing parlays, I might put a little bit, you know, on all of those, especially the Steelers. They have the longest odds. But me personally, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to repeat as a division winner. Um, you know, you don't often see 
we, we talked about the NFC East, you never see repeats. Well, you don't often see teams that were runner-up in the Super Bowl come back and have a strong season the next year. But when you do, those teams kind of have some things in common. And I feel like the Bengals have all of those elements. Like, their run was built around this strong offense, right? These young guns, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Um, you know, but those players are all 25 and under. And Burrow was essentially a rookie last year because his rookie season ended halfway through when he tore his knee up. And in the first half of last season, I felt like was the rest, the end of his rookie season. And the Bengals as a team were choppy. They were up and down. They were winning some games that, that, you know, they pulled out at the end. And they were also losing some games that they shouldn't have lost. But in the second half of loss last season, once everything kind of clicked, after that, they, they were, you know, winning at like an 80% pace, including into the playoffs. And I don't think that was flukish. Then they've taken this offseason to revamp their offensive line, which was really their only uh, weak spot. And, and the reason why Joe Burrow got sacked like a, a record number of times. So all of those things put together, even though they have a, a challenging schedule in a tough division, um, I like the Bengals to win the division. And um, as you were talking about uh, teams to win the Super Bowl or, or, or to make it to the Super Bowl, I like all of the Bengals picks to win the division, to win the AFC, to win the Super Bowl. I think they're, you're getting odds for them now that you won't get once the season starts and, and, and people see that that magic didn't go anywhere. Interesting. I'm just here. Here's my concern about the Bengals, right? Like they went so far into the postseason and unfortunately lost. Um, and uh, you know, you've, you've got, you've got a Baltimore Ravens team that I feel is going to be exponentially so much healthier than they were last year. They were the most injury riddled team last season. I think Pittsburgh gets better with Trubisky. Uh, you know, I think Pittsburgh won, uh, in spite of Ben Roethlisberger last year. And, of course, everybody's sitting back wondering what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. That should be interesting. I think this is going to be a really, really competitive division um, coming out of the AFC North. It's going to be interesting. Andre, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening, breaking down Wimbledon, uh, Major League Baseball futures pertaining to both New York teams as well as some NFL talk. Really, really do appreciate you, Andre. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, I'm going to go enjoy some basketball. You got it. You got it. Uh, Andrew Snelling's joining us here. You can see him all over ESPN. Uh, he's in Vegas right now for the Summer League. Everybody waiting for Chet Holmgren to arrive. But very interesting. I, I Listen, I, this is my first time hearing about this Major League Baseball futures bet, that you could bet that both either, really either, New York team, the Yankees or the Mets, are going to win the World Series, and you could get it at plus 225. I am all over that. I love that wager. What about you? 800-919-3776 if you want to chime in. Now's the time to do so. Anita Marks with you. You're listening to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. 98.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager. With Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The cable company was coming in and they were, this is when I was like in junior high school and they were coming in and they were like, um, you know, ripping up our streets to put cable in. And it just so happens the neighborhood that I lived in was the first neighborhood to get cable. And I'll never forget the first day MTV launched. I had 35 of my friends from junior high school in my living room because I was the only one who had cable, working cable at the time, and had MTV. And so I had 35 of my friends at my home waiting for MTV to launch. And, and of course, the first, uh, the first, do you guys know, trivia question, do you guys know the first MTV song that was, that was, that, that was played, the first one on MTV, the first video? I, I feel like I do, but I'm gonna be so mad if you tell me and I do know it. I'm gonna, and you guys probably. <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's something from Madonna, but honestly, I couldn't tell you what song. Maybe That's Material a Girl. Great guess because Madonna ruled MTV. Like whenever, whenever a Madonna video came out, it was just like we couldn't wait like to run home from school, and um and and watch. You know, we knew when a new Madonna video was going to be released, and they were always so fantastic. But um. Video killed the radio star. Oh, that was yes. uh, the uh, Bugles or the Buggles or something like that is the name of the band. I think uh, the ba- yeah, was it the Bangles? Was it was the, it the Bangles? I think it's the, I think, or the something buggle, like that. The Buggles. The buggles I think it's yeah. B-U-G-G-L-E-S. The Bungles or something. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, remember, I don't remember the name of the. I don't remember the band. But I just that was the first radio video kill the radio star. That was the first uh, video that was that was ever played on MTV. And um, man, and and we were like literally like, you know, you know how and I say, oh, you know how kids are like I I have so many friends who have young, you know, who who have kids who like, you know, all they want to do is immediately they come home from school. They immediately just go in their room and they play video games. You know, that was kind of how we were like, you know, we we would, you know, come home from high school, like junior high, high school. We just went straight home and we couldn't we all we wanted is watch MTV. You know, we wanted to see the latest videos that came out. So, um, um, yeah. Anyway, that just took me back. My question to you is how did uh, Mama Mimi feel about your 35 friends in your house? Are you kidding? My mom was like, who wants shots? I'm like, mom, we're only 13 years old. (laughs) You know, mama. I don't think Tom hasn't experienced Mama Mimi yet. Tom, you haven't had Mama Mimi on the show with you yet, have you? I think on Mother's Day I was in because I think that was a Sunday show and we had her. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. 
my, let me, t- I, my, my friends love mama Mimi. <laughs> so we need a, um, we yeah, need my mom, my t-shirts ASAP. <laughs> my mom was, uh, my mom was, was more of a friend, uh, to my friends than, you know, like my friends, my friends love mama Mimi. She was, she was, she was always fun. She was always, <laughs> she curses like a sailor, but she's, but she's great. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was, it was a fun time, you know, it's just, I, just going back that, that, that song brings me back, uh, to, to MTV, you know, um, I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can. No? No? Do you guys even know that one? Anyway, I'm going to continue here. This year, the SVUs are recognizing the 50th anniversary. I know there's somebody out there listening who are like, yeah, man, I love that video. Anyway, uh, this year, the SVUs are recognizing the 50th anniversary of Title IX the landmark civil rights legislation that prohibited discrimination based on gender in federally funded educational institutions. So ESP in New York will be honoring outstanding female athletes, coaches and administrators for their contributions that they've made to their local community in the areas of broad of, of uh, broadening access to sports for their girls. If you know someone that has made a significant impact on athletics in your local community, this is what we're asking you to do. Nominate them um, at honoraryespn.com and tell us why they deserve an honorary ESP award. Submissions will be accepted through Wednesday, July 13th. So not a lot of time, folks. For full contest rules, make sure you go to ESPN.com. Please make sure that you do that. All right, uh, quick break. We come back. David Behrman is going to join us. We've got some golf that's being played over across the pond. It is the Scottish Open. Uh, An interesting leaderboard to say the least. But more importantly, we're getting you ready for the Open. And that is the fourth and final major this season that kicks off on Thursday. And Tiger Woods is going to be, again, as I like to say, active, hopefully attractive. What does David Behrman think of Tiger's performance this week? We'll find out. I'll also share with you who I like and who I'm eyeing. So we'll dive into all that next. We kick off Hour 2, Week in Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com
Joining us, David Behrman. I call him our gatekeeper of everything gambling on ESPN.com. David, good evening. How you doing? Good, Anita. How are you on this lovely Friday evening? I am great. Trivia question before we break down some golf. What was the first video ever shown on MTV? Oof. Um... I have absolutely no idea. We just gave you a hint. <laughs> oh, I just—I could barely hear when I was in the break. What was it? I didn't hear what it was. Video, video killed the radio star. I could have guessed that one. Yeah, I, I think so. It. I think we just played it for you, dude. What? We just played. <laughs> What's good? So we, you asked me that question this morning. Uh, this morning, my boss asked me uh, which Spice Girl would I would I be if I was a Spice Girl. So we're we're all on the same page today. Of course, <laughs> I would be Sporty Spice. It's exactly what my answer was. There's no other answer. <laughs> but sporty spice. Like, what else was I supposed to say? <laughs> Of course. I mean, it's what we do for a living. Of course we would be sporty spies. Anyway, David Behrman joins us now on 90.7 ESPN. Uh, Before we dive into the Open, which I'm sure a lot of people are curious to hear uh, who you're eyeing there, let's talk about the Scottish Open that's taking place right now. Tringali at the top leaderboard at 7 under. He's got a three-shot lead with Gim. Woodland. Also, you got Fitzpatrick at 3 under. You got Jordan Smith, who... I liked coming in. I'm not sure I, I, if, if I'm trying to remember your column. Did you have Jordan Smith mentioned in your column? Shoffley's down there at three under as well. Hatton at two. Very interesting. Look at Ricky Fowler making an appearance tied for a two under. Hey, let me wear some orange tomorrow. Um, so uh, very interesting leaderboard. Can't fade, can't fade him fast enough. um a very interesting leaderboard to say the least tringali um first in strokes gain total as well as putting 17th on approach a 26 percent chance of winning this bad boy based on data golf so with that being said looking at this leaderboard who are you eyeing david well, I was looking midway through the day today, knowing that I was going to talk to you, and it looked like it was a runaway. And I was like, oh, we're going to have one of those conversations where i got to pretend that there's other people there. But then he gave a couple back, and Tringali no longer has that commanding five-shot lead that he had at one point today. Uh, so that opened up a bit. And not only did he struggle, but Gary Woodman struggled as well. And um, I did not have Smith in the column, but I do think Smith is playing well enough to win. But this wouldn't be a weekend wager if I didn't come out and say, I really, really like. Xander Shoffley this week and had a great round today and Shoffley got himself right back in it. He's first in tee to green. He's fourth in approach. And the only place he's struggling right now is he's 99th in the field in strokes game putty. And he knows what I do. That's the one measure that you can absolutely turn around in one day. So right now, Xander Shoffley, who had a great five under round today and is only a couple of shots back. You can still get him at four and a half or five to one, depending on your book. And if you can, I love saying this on your show every Friday night, if so-and-so can make a putt or two, it could be holding the hardware on Sunday. And I know he won two weeks ago here in Connecticut, but he's playing well enough right now. He can win again. And, and thanks to Tringali and Woodland for giving a couple of back. Uh, the X-Man's right there. I know you love him too. Do you think he can pull it off? 
I do. I, I, I do. He's one of my favorite golfers, that's for sure. But more importantly, more than me, Data Golf has him as a 12% chance of winning um, this tournament today, um, or I should say on Sunday. So we'll see what happens. So um, so I, I, I like your take there. I like Shoffley uh, big time. Also, I'm really impressed with the way that Woodland is playing. He's four under. He's three shots back. He's second in strokes gained total, ninth in putting, 13th around the green, and 14th off the tee. So don't sleep on Gary Woodland as well. Um, I know he didn't have a great round today. He shot a 72. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, I, I really, I loved Jordan Smith coming in and the fact that he's tied for fourth right now. Um, you can get him to win at 20 to one. I'm going to lay some coin on that. Uh, you know, he's just, he's been spectacular on the DP tour, a world tour that a lot of us here in the States really don't follow as you know. And, uh, he has a 6% chance of winning this bad boy on data golf. Um, also way, way, way down at even, um, you've got Rom, um, as well as Spieth and Cantlay. So three of the best players in the world, um, are sitting there at even, obviously there's seven shots back. That's a really far way away with Saturday and Sunday to play. But Rom has a 3% chance of winning. As you know, in the column, um, I like Spieth as well. I had Spieth, Finishing in the top five, I went with um, uh, um, Willie Zalatoris to win this. So, um, so, but I, I did like Spieth as well. Spieth always plays well across the pond. He loves links courses. He loves slow greens, and he does extremely well. So, um, yeah, this is this is a really good course for for Spieth, and I had him in the column as as somebody I thought would win this week at thirty to one. I also took him. In the top ten at plus three fifty, and I still think he can get there in the top ten. It was disappointing to see him bogey four of the last seven holes today. He had climbed to within two of the lead. He was T three at one point. Um, I still think he turns around and has a good weekend. I like him as well. Like you said, he plays really good on link style courses. Four top twenty with the Open Championship, runner up last year. He hasn't played this course until now, uh, which might be some of the struggles today. But I do think it's someone that can finish in the top ten. Um, and if you're looking at the three guys you had just mentioned in terms of being an even par, I would have liked for Jordan to finish at maybe two or three under to have a legit shot to win. Now, I think seven shots back is a little bit too far. Um, but, you know, it's disappointing how he finished. And I know you had mentioned Ricky Fowler, but Ricky Fowler's metrics are all over the board this week. Yes, he's hung around and he's he's there in the top ten right now, but he's, you know, 38th in, in approach, 39th off the tee, 92nd in putting, and 12th to green so you have to wonder how he's doing it um but i can't find a matchup where you're getting very good odds to fade him so i'm going to leave that one alone even though you know i love fading him um tyro hatton another guy who loves lynx golf is out there but let me give you one name based on how he's played so far it's it's not a name many people are familiar with but brandon Wu is sitting there uh you can get him at seven to one to finish in the top 10 right now he's t13 He's one shot off the top ten. You can get him at seven to one. Uh, he is first right now in approach, and he's third tee to green. And where is he struggling? He's struggling with the flat stick. So if again makes a putt or two, here's a guy. I'm not asking him to win, but you can get him at seven to one right now to finish in the top ten, which he's only one stroke one stroke back of. I couldn't just give you Xander and Jordan and Rom. I had to give you somebody else. So I'm gonna go with Brandon Wood for the weekend. 
David Behrman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's turn our attention to what's going on starting Thursday, and that is the Open. Some of us like to call it the British Open. They don't. They like for you to call it the Open. Um, and it's the 150th at St. Andrews, which happens to be Tiger Woods' favorite golf course of all time. You can wager that Tiger Woods is going to win this bad boy next week at 40 to 1. Those are his odds. David, you and I both know that that's going to be the storyline, right? Like, I totally anticipate him making the cut. We saw him make the cut in the last two, uh, you know, majors that he has played. And and I know that the terrain here is not as grueling as we've seen him play in the last two tournaments. But I just, you know, I'm going to be rooting for him like nobody's business. But I just, you know, to lay money down for him to win, I just don't see it. Will I lay money down that he's going to make the cut? Well, it depends on, you know, what kind of juice is there. But nonetheless... I'm curious to get your your take. What are your realistic expectations for Tiger Woods starting this week? I mean, I think if Tiger was ever going to win another major, it would either be here at Sanders or it would be at the Masters. Obviously, he, you know, he played well enough to make the cut. Um, but it was grueling. It was just grueling uh, in, in the PGA Championship as well. And you mentioned it, the terrain is not as bad here. I've, I've walked and played St. Andrews. I've walked it numerous times, played it once, and, and he's going to get away with, with, with being able to play that course and walk it because it isn't as grueling as what you see in Augusta or what you saw uh, in, in Tulsa and what prevented him from going to Brookline. Uh, he's prepared himself, and I thought there were some interesting comments that his, his good friend Justin Thomas had made the last couple of days about how he would not be surprised if Tiger is in contention because he knows the course. It's not as grueling. He's been preparing for this for a long time. But realistically speaking, the guy is coming off a massive leg injury that has prevented him from doing many things. And we've seen him, you know, pull out of the PGA championship and not play the U S open. So I think realistically, I don't think 40 to one is a good enough price for him. He didn't want to bet it. If he was in the 80 to hundred range, it would be an auto bet for me because it's tiger woods at St. Andrews and he's won there before. And he knows the course very, very well. Um, I will be making the bet for him to make the cut. I think, you know, this is a course he knows well enough that as long as he, we're not asking him to play for it, he's we're asking him to survive too, uh, just like we did at the PGA, and then he pulled out afterwards after he had made the cut and got us all that money. Um, same thing with the Masters, except he completed those four rounds. So, I would like to. I'm just with, just like you. I would root like crazy for him uh, to to go ahead and win this event again. I'm not sure those days are still there. I would love to see it. I do anticipate him at least making the cut and seeing what happens this weekend. He just needs to get more rest and get that leg up to speed, and then maybe we can see him win this down the line. You know, I would have rather seen the 150th version of this U- this British – now, I'm going to call it the Open Championship. I've worked enough of them to know that I have to call it the Open Championship. Um, maybe next year, giving him another year of rehab, but, you know, the world doesn't work like that, so we have what we have, and hopefully he'll be healthy enough to at least give us uh, – two if not four rounds of, of watching Tiger play. Probably, he said it himself, this might be the last time he can tee it up at St. Andrews. Uh, it, it will be interesting. I'm, I'm going to share some, some trends with you before I let you go. And I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay, here we go. Uh, in regard to the Open, world rankings, seven of the last ten winners – Ranked inside the top 25. Nationality. Euros are favored. 
Euros have won this tournament more so than the Americans in the last 10 years. Age. Six of the last 10 winners are 35 years or over. Three are 25 years or younger. Open form. Nine of the last 10 winners have a previous top 10 finish um, in an open, in any, in, in, in any, any open, okay? St. Andrews, seven of the last 10 winners finished in the top seven in scrambling. Scrambling is going to be one of your most important metrics in looking at guys that you think are going to do well here, in which, by the way, Lowry is third in scrambling, Rom is 142. Just to throw that out there. Winning form. Eight of the last ten have won this season. Major form. Eight of the last ten finish in the top 20 in the last two previous majors. Major excellence. All of the last ten winners finished in the top two in a major in their entire career. Augusta designed with the intent of St. Andrews, right? So nine of the last 10 winners at some point in time in their career finished in the top three in the Masters. Current form, eight of the last 10 finished first top 10 in last of their three previous starts. Eight of the last 10, Tim, eight of the last 10 winners teed it up the week before. So that would mean that they would play in the Scottish Open, of course. So what does that mean? Who's, so when you tally all of that up, who checks the majority of the boxes? You're going to love it, and that's Shoffley. 11th, ranked 11th in the world, top two um, uh, in, in, in the Open at some point in time, two of the top three, uh, two top threes at Augusta, Top 20 in a major, tied for 14th at the U.S. Open, tied for 13th at the PGA. He's won the Travelers not too long ago. Um, he's playing in Scotland right now, and he's 44th in scrambling. So when you tally up all those trends, we're just talking about trends, of course. Um, Shoffley is at, the top of the, is at the top of the list. Who follows him? Um, Scotty Scheffler. Decky, Rory, Rose, M, Rom, Spieth, Colin, and Fitzpatrick. But hands down, Shoffley is the top of the list. Keep an eye on Shoffley. I'm telling about you. The only, about the only thing he didn't qualify for there is the, the age thing, which I think is a little imbalanced a little bit because we've seen Darren Clarks of the world come out of nowhere and win, and that jacks up the age thing. But, yeah, Xander Shoffley – um, as good as anybody, and the only thing that was going against Xander over the last X number of shows we've done is that he hadn't won in a while. Well, he has a gold medal, and he won two weeks ago. Um, I'd love to see him win a major. He's won pretty much everything except that, and he's contended in every single major. I've already put coin on Shane Lowry. I think I told you last Friday I always like to use a couple of the free bets that I have earned over time at least two or three weeks early to get a good line before the Lions drop with maybe success at a Scottish Open or two. So I did take Shane Lowry at 22-1. to 1 And um, after seeing what I saw from Xander today, he's not just, you know, basking in the wind two weeks ago. I think I will place a bet on Xander tonight at 20-1. to 1. I have read the exact same piece that you just read on the air, so I do like it. Um, and I think Jordan Spieth and <laughs> – 
I told you this last week, I don't take Jordan Spieth when he plays U.S.-based tree-lined courses where you can't lose a drive and then you're crapped out of luck in the woods. I like to play Jordan Spieth. Like the Scottish Open and the and the Open Championship where it's wide open and you can use his creative short game. And you mentioned scrambling. There's not many people in there who scramble better than Jordan Spieth. So he'll be somebody I'll have on my card. Had it last year and he finished second. Almost pulled it off. And um, I remember going into the final round it was uh, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, and I, I can't remember who the third was, but I had all three at one point, so I was a very happy camper last year at this point in time. Uh, but those are some of the names I will be playing, likely Shoffley, Lowry, Spieth. Um, it's hard not to like Rory, although Rory didn't play this week, which goes against the trends that you just said. A um, little disappointed to see how poorly Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas played this week, as well as Scotty Scheffler. There's some big names that only played two rounds this week. But, hey, Morikawa didn't make the cut last year either at the Scottish Open and then turned around and won the Open Championship. So trends are trends, but we'll see what happens. David, always right. appreciate always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you okay. so much for joining us tonight. You know, I'll leave you with one thing. Matt Fitzpatrick, don't sleep on him this weekend and don't sleep on him next week either. He's right there. He could win it this week. He could also win it next week. I hear you, my friend. <laughs> you have you have a great weekend. Appreciate you. This is the weekend wager with Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.